Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Come on, Church Alive, why don't we stand to our feet? Are you doing good? Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Um, how good was Timmy and uh, Timmy and Andrew on that video? That was hilarious. I, I need some hand slaps like that. What about you? Uh, lots of women are signing up for Resilient Woman. It's going to be a powerful weekend. What is it, 30 days away? Even less than 30 days? 28 days away? We're praying for it, ladies. and praying that you're going to be blessed. And I know it's going to be an amazing time. Um, Everyone decided to come to church at 8.30 this morning. You guys got the message. The other two are full. I see it. I see it. Who came expecting? Man, we had over again 200 men in our Transform Men Night on 200. Come on. Let's go. Praise God for that. Groups across and all kinds of good things are happening. It's amazing. Uh, We're going to pray and get into it. Let's read a passage of Scripture first. Philippians chapter 2 says this. Philippians 2 says, I've thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. My brother, says, and fellow worker. Say, say my brother and fellow worker. Say, fellow soldier. Your messenger ministered to my need, for he has been longing for all of you, and he was distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Verse 28, I'm the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. Verse 29, so important, says, so receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men. Someone say honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I thank you for every man, every woman within the sound of my voice right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, I step out of the way that you might step in. Fill your servant, but fill your sons and daughters in this place. Those watching online, speak to them where they need it, God. God, we don't just come and and go through the motions in a service. God, we expect you. We need you. Heal the sick in this place, even as they would hear the Word. Heal a mindset that needs to be healed. Lord, weed out things that need to be weeded, Father. Equip the saints for the works of ministry, God. Fill someone with hope and encouragement today. God, help them see a different and new perspective of their own life and how they can be a blessing, I pray. Come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart today. Change my life. Lift the lid off my life. That would stop me becoming a blessing. Weed my heart. Cleanse it through your word. In your mighty name I pray. Come on one more time. Can we give Jesus a hand? Do you love the Lord? Praise God. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand in the house of God. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. Praise God. All right, grab your seat. Can we thank our worship team? Do you appreciate them? 
We did just do a quick mention of Passive Appreciation Month. I don't know who comes up with these months, but anyway, I want to I want to appreciate Pastor Steve Rosick. Um, I can't remember how many years you've been a pastor, sir. However long it's been, he's been a worker, he's been faithful, he's been hardworking, he's just been so diligent over the years, and uh, we're just at a conference together, and he's just a great, great guy, and um, I know Amanda is blessed because she married you, and uh, I know Pastor Katie's away on vacation because she covered us while we're on sabbatical, so we said, girl, you need a sabbatical yourself. Actually, it's not. It's just a little vacation. And how many appreciate Pastor Magno and Bellani, uh, Fernando, and those who lead in youth and kids? Uh, even though they're technically pastors, they're pastoring people, let's be honest. Isn't that true? Someone say technology problems. I was having them today. That's why I got my computer. Anyway, I was getting nervous. The team was bringing it up because my iPad wasn't charged. But anyway, we're moving on. A um, couple of weeks ago, we talked really about the start of the Philippian church in the book of Acts, and we talked about the real Jesus. They had faith in the real Jesus. Don't let anyone sell you a fake Jesus. There's lots of fake Jesus. We need the real one. Can I get a good amen? amen. We talked about being God's chosen instrument, how serving is really always the place that God desires us to be. And my wife uh, preached a brilliant message a number of weeks ago on uh, living kingdom-minded instead of living entitled. Last week I talked about the power of grasping versus growing. Uh, we all grasp for things, don't we? But growing is what we're meant to do. And I want to talk to you today along this thought out of the teaching text is the power of following right people. The power of following right people. I was 13 in 1990, just coming out of the 80s. How many remember the 80s? Not that many of us, okay. All right, this crowd is younger than I thought. I was four when the 80s, or three when the 80s first started. I was like 13, I guess, like early 90s. And so a lot of my formative years actually happened in the 1980s. Like, uh, how many of you remember Rambo? Come on. <laughs> I mean, this guy killed everyone, you know? Uh, how many of you remember Rocky? Yeah. Uh, yo, yo, Adrian, right? I mean, Rocky, Rocky just taught you to train hard and do one-arm push-ups and drink eggs that aren't cooked and all kinds of stuff. Uh, maybe a fight a puller, maybe a won't. I don't know. Uh, there were so many things. Uh, how many of you remember Twins? Uh, I don't know if it was the 80s or 90s, but... Uh, how many of you grew up wanting to be Danny DeVito, anyone? Just, uh, I didn't think so either. <laughs> Everyone wanted to be Arnold. They didn't want to be Danny, did they? And um, how many of you remember Michael J. Fox? And, and um, yeah, this was, um, how many of you just wore life-saving uh, jackets just for no reason? Because Michael J. Fox did. I saw him recently come back. I was like, oh, you've been on a boat? They're like, no, I haven't. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, some of you will remember this guy, some of you won't. Uh, he more got famous out of Baywatch. But how many of you remember Knight Rider? Yeah. Right? David Hasselhoff. Um, man, a lot of the stuff his car used to do, our cars do that now. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> like they talk to us and they tell us they're rerouting us and all kinds of stuff. Um, I remember going to a Sunday night church and telling my mum, mum, don't stay too long after church. Night Rider's on. 
there was like, I, I repent of that. Like, I'm a pastor. I was telling mom, mom, as soon as church is over, we got to go. 8.30, night ride. This was before VCRs. You could record stuff. And you had to be there, people. There's no Netflix later. No. If you missed it, it was gone. You don't know nothing about that, do you, Mario? No. He's like, you couldn't watch it on YouTube later? No, there was no YouTube, bro. There was no Netflix. There was none of that. You had to watch TV. You had four channels. Actually, five. Five channels. And two of them were useless. And three was what everyone else watched. That's all they did. Now, like Marvel's like a billion dollar movie company and they got Black Panther and they got Thor and Spider-Man and Superman and Wonder Woman and Superwoman and all kinds of stuff, right? What these things do, these movies, they speak to something in our soul. Is that there's a big problem to solve and we need a hero. There's a big problem to solve in every one of these movies and we need a hero. And there's always one hero, isn't there? There's one hero that does it all. Who we make our heroes shapes our values and our dreams in big ways. Who you make your hero, who you make the person you follow. Like when I'm working out, I think of Rocky. Yo, let's go. I, I, you know what I do sometimes to push myself a little harder? I literally imagine Arnold is standing there. Because how many know if Arnold was standing there, you'd work harder? You're not going to throw in just like an easy set. You pretend Arnold's standing there like, all right, Arnold, four more. <laughs> who you make your hero shapes who you are in a big way. The guy Paul introduces to us is a guy by the name of Epaphroditus. I think he calls him in scripture Epaphroditus. I think when they see each other, he's like, yo, EP. <laughs> I like to picture Paul gives him a nickname like Didus. Or EP. EP, are you with me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many remember that song back in the day? Anyway, this, this probably won't come in the second service. You got it in the first. Okay? <laughs> My team will make sure this doesn't come back in the second service. <laughs> um, maybe the fourth one. That one gets a little crazy. Paul introduces us to a guy who's only known in one of the books. Philippians, his name is E.P. or Didus. His name's Epaphroditus, for those who really like the technical term. But he says three things about him that I think you and I can learn something from if we're going to model what it really means to be a hero sometimes in someone's life or just an example Three things. He's a brother, he's a fellow worker, and he's a soldier. He's a brother, he's a fellow worker, and he's a soldier. First point, he's a brother in Christ. Paul describes this man as one who longs to see them. His, his love is overflowing for the Philippian church. He, he loves them. He, he longs to see them. He's not after title or paycheck or his position. Like this guy is this authentic Christian. Why? Because he loves. Because he loves. What did Jesus say? He says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you do what? If you got a fish 
on your bumper sticker. If you got like Jesus on your t-shirt, if you got like Jesus is my homeboy on your hat. No, no, no. It's actually out of your love. I think in an age of information, it's easy to know a lot. It's not easy to love a lot. Matthew 24, Jesus actually speaks to us about this issue. And he says, and the love of most, speaking of the end times, will actually grow cold. And it says that many will be offended, but he who stands firm says, shall be forgiven, shall be saved. He's a brother in Christ. Sometimes it happens in our church. Obviously, some people will come from other churches, and sometimes they led in those churches. They taught in those churches. And when people come from other churches, um, I want to honor that. I want to value that. But I really don't so much care what you know. I care, do you love our people? Like, it's easy to go from one church to another church and just jump in. Hey, I used to teach somewhere. That's great. But can you serve? And can you love until some of the title comes off you and your heart's in the right position? So it's not about you being in front of people, but it's about them being helped by you. Like, it's loving people is where it's at. So if I'm serving in kids, i got to love kids. If I'm worshiping on the platform, it's not because I love my voice, it's because I love Jesus. If, if I'm preaching in front of men, it's, because I, it's not because I want to hear myself, it's because I want them to be better and be empowered. I want their marriages to be strong. I want their lives to get better. I want their faith to grow. It isn't about the performance, it's about, it's about how do they receive it. It's about are they getting equipped for the works of ministry, that's true ministry. And in the age of the selfie, it is hard, and that must be actually pruned out of our lives. If we're going to lead well over the long haul, it's not about being known. It's about being loving and effective. And this is Epaphroditus, our boy EP. He is a lover of, po- of people. Philippians chapter 1, Paul prays this, and I want you to pray this for your family. I want you to pray this for our church. I want you to pray this for any area that you serve in ministry in our church. This is his prayer, Philippians 1.9. And it is my prayer, watch this now, that your love may abound, how much? More and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. This guy, Epaphroditus, does this well. He's actually a model of love. On our wall this morning, we have this quote in our dining room. It's by Mother Teresa. It's always a challenging quote every time I read it. It says, spread love everywhere you go. First of all, in your own house. Give love to your children, to your wife or your husband, to a next door neighbor. Let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile, kindness in your warm greeting. You know what I've noticed? The people that influence us the most, it's often a teacher, a youth pastor, a friend, a coach, a father, a mother, They influence us the most. I found this about the people who influence us the most. They love us the most, and they believe in us the most. Paul believed in Philippian church. Epaphroditus believed in the Philippian church. And here's what my encouragement to you. You can be a person who actually influences others. You can actually be a hero to someone if you love them a lot and believe in them. 
this scripture actually encourages me that we can have more heroes, more mentors, more disciples in our church. Because if we just be like Epaphroditus, first thing, a brother. The second one is this, he's a fellow worker. Someone say, get to work. <laughs> say it with me, get to work. Now, I was having a conversation with one of my best friends recently, and we're talking about callings. He's a business guy. He's really influential in his business sphere, and we're talking about that, and sometimes someone will come up to him and be like, man, I feel like you're called to do the ministry and so forth. And, and to be honest, sometimes those things have confused him in his calling because really he knows that he's not called to be in the ministry, but to do ministry where he is. We're not all called to do the ministry or be in the ministry, what you would call ministry, but every Christian is called to do ministry from wherever they are. I was having a conversation with him and I felt stirred to just call him and just say, hey man, he's an influential guy, he's a man's man, I'm like, why don't you take my book? transform. He lives in New York City. Why don't you read it over this next semester? And next semester, why don't you gather five to 10 guys in a small group Bible study in the morning time and just start investing in others? You know why I told him that? Because too many people get obsessed with their calling instead of Jesus' great commission. See, the great commission is to make disciples. Here's what I know my life should be about, the longer I'm a Christian, making disciples. I don't know always the exact avenue, but here's what I know. The longer I'm a Christian, I should be helping others be a disciple. Anthony, what's my exact calling? I don't know, but here's what I do know. You're called to build the kingdom, and part of building the kingdom is making disciples. Am I called to lead a Bible study? Why don't you try one and see? Why don't be in one long enough until someone promotes you so that you can be effective and make disciples? Do you know why sometimes God stops pouring out His Spirit upon your life? Because there's no flow. Pastor Steve talked about it in his talk. It's like, man, if we've only got full cups, like if you're always consuming information, consuming another preaching moment, if you're listening to Stephen Furtick, and you're, if you're listening to Bishop T.D. Jakes, all good things, but if you're not pouring out, eventually the oil, it actually gets dry. It's almost like it gets smelly on the inside because it needs to pour out. I promise you, if you start pouring out more, God will start pouring in more. Because you'll come to worship hungry because you need the presence of God. You're like, man, I've been pouring out all week. Let me get in the presence of God instead of coming in. Like, let's see what the worship team's got for me. Are you with me? He's a fellow worker. He's working. Philippians chapter 4 verse 18 speaks about this. I have received full payment and more. What's this now? This is Paul speaking. He says, I'm well supplied having received from my boy EP the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering and a, sac uh, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Epaphroditus is the gift steward. 
Philippian church has given Paul a gift and literally what was Epaphroditus' job? Go give it to Paul. How many know when he showed up, Paul was encouraged? How would you like to be the encourager of the greatest apostle who ever lived? That's EP. By doing something small, he literally received the offering from the church and he didn't take it. He just stewarded it, gives the gift to Paul. Paul leaves super encouraged. And for thousands of years, we've been hearing about this Philippian church who was generous. Why? And who was the giver of the gift? That was EP. That was our boy. Are you with me? Ephesians chapter 2. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let me just break it down to you. Simply don't over-spiritualize work for God. Work for God, go to work. At your work, you can work for God. In your family, you can work for God. In your community, you can work for God. In the house of God, guess what? You can work for God. Here's a great prayer I think all of us should pray. God, help me work for you in my family, in my work, in my church, wherever I go. Help me be a worker like Epaphroditus, a fellow worker. You receiving this today? Someone say, I need to get to work. Um. Lieutenant General Stephen Mansfield said this, depend upon it. He says, behind all great achievement, there lies great toil. Nothing that is worth doing is done easily. You want to do something great? Say yes. Yes. You want to do something great? Say yes. yes. Great work sometimes has a great cost. You know, building a marriage... A great marriage takes work. Ed Young uh, calls it the MWE, the marital work ethic. He says, if you put in the work, there'll be blessings attached. Build a great family takes work. How many know parenting takes work? Disciplining kids takes work. Conversations takes work. Having them do the chores and the dishes and the stuff and then training them in their teenage years. It all takes work. If you passively sit by, how many of you know there'll be a disaster? You'll have to be proactive. It'll take work. You'll have to stay up late. You'll have to get up early and stay up late sometimes just to be praying for the different issues going on in their lives. But it takes work. Build a great company takes work. Having a great job takes work. Transform men. I'm so encouraged what God is doing in transform men. You know what that took? Five years of work. To get it to where it is today, it took five years of work. Pastor Fernando and I were there. We led the first two circles. We don't lead the circles anymore. We just lead the leaders. And the leaders are doing an incredible work. But guess what? Work, it's work. (laughs) Work is sometimes sweat. Work takes energy. Work actually will make you feel like, is this worth the work I need vacation from the work maybe I'm being burnt out from the work (laughs) work 
I love middle school and high school. It's like, oh, school sucks. <laughs> Most of the time, guess what? Middle school and high school was a breeze. It was a breeze compared to work. I remember getting my job at McDonald's back in the day. That was work. Washing dishes at the end of the night for three hours, work. Having a, having a, a, a recruiting job, I'm non-administrative. It's a very administrative position. That was work. Coaching tennis, yeah, it was kind of work. Enjoyed that work, though. Building a church, work. Preaching sermons, work. Leadership, work. It's work. You've got to work. Having a great youth ministry takes work. Great kids program takes work. We do missions work. Send money. Organize it. Dig ditches. Share love with people. It all takes work. Our W, the weekend's going to be amazing. Guess what? For the speakers, it's going to be work. For the people organizing the event, work. For the people praying behind the scenes, work. I want to show you a quick picture. This popped up on Facebook, on my wife's Facebook, I guess, the other day. This is Church Alive 14 years ago. 14 years ago, actually, our church was called the Good Shepherd Church. We met in the smelly Elks Lodge. It smelled like beer and cigarettes. And some Christians get a little weird. They're like, how can a church meet in an Elks Lodge? Well, you know, this building didn't used to be a church. It used to be a club. We're in the habit of taking environments that used to be for the devil and we actually turn them around for the glory of God, sanitize them, pray on them, spray them, febreze them, make them smell better physically and spiritually. Guess what? That took work. How do you take a church from this to this? Work, 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 work. And a whole bunch of people serving and working and praying and doing the little things over the years. It took work. Nehemiah 4.6, so we built the wall. And all the wall was joined together to half its height for the people had what? They had a what? They had a mind to relax. Is that what it says? They had a mind to sit, soak, and sour. No, they had a mind that, hey, if I'm a Christian more than five years, you should be on a team or a transform group. Actually, if you're a Christian who's been Christian for weeks, one of the best things you can do is jump in, thrive, begin to learn the journey and jump into a transform group. And eventually you'll get filled with information, but eventually you need to pour out. One of the greatest things you can do is take on more responsibility as a Christian. How do you do that? Start praying bigger prayers. Start praying bigger circles. Just draw bigger circles around your life. I don't just pray for our church. I pray for lots of churches. In worship today, I'm praying for Wave Church that I'm connected to and Awaken Church and St. Augustine Church. I'm praying for pastors and leaders that are bigger than me. I pray for Yesi Padam in India. I pray for certain churches in Australia. I'm, pray- I'm just praying bigger circles. And I've, I've, I've realized over time, if I can just pray bigger circles, God can do a bigger work. Can I get a good amen? Yeah. They had a mind. 
to work. Epaphroditus is a brother. Someone say brother. Someone say my brother. EP is a brother. He's a worker. Third thing is he's a soldier. When Paul calls him a soldier, this guy's a soldier. He is strong. He's courageous. He's committed. He's obedient. He's a soldier. Listen to verse 29. So uh, receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. This is really what we're talking about. We're talking about who do you honor? Honor such men. Make a hero out of such men. Esteem such men for he nearly died for the work of Christ risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Paul gives him this high compliment, soldier, willing to fight, willing to do what it takes to get the mission done. Here's what I think about soldiers. Soldiers expect hard times. They're up for it. Do you expect hard times? God promises to bless you, but he also promises hard times. It isn't one or the other, it's both. He says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you what? I'm going to give you rest. How many want Jesus' rest? You're like, yes, Jesus, rest. This is great. How many need Jesus' forgiveness? Just go, yes, Lord, forgive my sin and bring me into relationship with you. But he promises, John 10, 10, an abundant life. He's like, listen, I'm going to give you abundant life. How many believe for that? You're like, yes, sir, I'll have extra. <laughs> but then he promises challenge sometimes. It isn't one versus the other, it's both. It's sometimes abundant life on the other side of sacrifice. It's abundant life. I've often found on the other side of giving up something I wanted to give up, not realizing that thing was an idol, but after I gave that up, I actually got more blessed on the other side. Yeah. See, abundant life is often not some prosperity, misplaced message, but it's the message Jesus has for us. But at the same time, he says, I've come that you might have life and rest and abundance, but at the same time, I need you to be a soldier. I need you to be a warrior. I need you to take on a strong mindset. I need you to take on a courageous mindset. Listen to how God spoke to Moses. He says to Moses, be strong and courageous. Listen to how he spoke to Gideon. Be strong and courageous. Listen to how he spoke to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Listen to how David spoke to his son Solomon. Be strong and courageous. Listen to how the Apostle Paul spoke to the church at Ephesians, be strong. Is there a theme here? Is anyone else seeing this theme? Or is it just me? There's like 12 of us. You're like, no, don't even see it. Don't want to be strong. Don't want to be courageous. I want rest. I'm all about the self-care life. I need rest and a massage and gentle music. I'm saying that there's both. I'm saying that there's rest and abundant life, but God says you actually get rest and abundance sometimes by being a soldier. 
Our culture sort of says, I wouldn't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. God doesn't say that. Someone texted me the other day. They come to transform for the first time. They're like, man, I'm out of my comfort zone. But I'm committed. I love that. They recognize this isn't their comfort zone. But they're like, I'm committed. How many know you actually become the best version of you outside your comfort zone, but committed? Being a pastor has not been in my comfort zone. The first time we started the church, I was like, what if no one shows up? As you saw at the Elks Lodge, they barely did. For a couple of years, I was like, where are the people, Lord? You showed me a lot of people. It was outside my comfort zone. But outside my comfort zone, I've actually found is the greatest place where you grow strong. Sometimes speaking about things that I don't want to speak about, it's, it's actually what makes you strong. Strong people aren't strong because they were just born strong. How many know babies aren't strong? They're just a blubbery, sm like smelly, cooing. How many love that baby smell? Baby's three weeks old, you smell them. You're like, how come you have weird baby cologne on that no one even put on you? You just smell like that. Like it's, it's this beautiful baby smell. Then obviously, three years later, we lose that. I don't know where that goes. I think it'll come back in heaven. You might be like, man, I don't want to go to a men's group where I don't know people. Be strong. I don't want to serve because what if I have to get up earlier than I want to get up? Be strong. Uh, Pastor, I can't get up early. Be strong. Especially if you're in your teens and your 20s. You're like, oh, I need to sleep in. Be strong. How do you become strong? Do what strong people do. How do you become healthier? Do what healthy people do. I had to make a financial decision recently. I was like, man, what should I do here? I called three people that I know do finances really well. I said, tell me, what's up? What would you do? I just listened. And here's what's interesting. All three of them would have done the exact same thing. And I was heading towards the other direction. <laughs> stupid is and stupid does. <laughs> so what am I going to do? I'm going to listen to financially savvy, smart people. And guess what? Over the years you go, oh, somehow God on me. How do you become strong? Do what the strong do. Do you know what's interesting? Out of the COVID experience, out of churches in America in 2020, 2021, and 2022, do you know the churches that came back strong? I've talked to them. Every single one of them had to push past fear. The churches that just said, oh, we want you to be as comfortable. Every single one that I know preached that message for, for longer than they should have. Do you know what happened to them? They got weak. Every single one. 70% of Christian churches in New York City closed after COVID. Because all they ever told their people was, we just want you safe. But Jesus says, I want you strong. I... I you might think to yourself, man, I, I don't want to do anything I'm afraid to do. How do you get courage? It is only by doing what you're afraid to do. You're not born with courage. You have to go get it.
Moral courage is found in actually doing what is hard to do, but it's the right thing to do. And we find it over the years. Here's the path of being strong. Let me give you this quote. Do what the strong do. Model the strong. How do you become a soldier? Here's the path of being strong. Here's the path of being a soldier. Do what the strong do. Model the strong. You want to be strong? Get up earlier. Work hard. Um, I had to remind myself, why take cold showers? Be strong. Seriously, it's, it's actually a mindset. I'm serious. But the weak part of me this morning was like, it's cold. There's no need to take a cold shower. <laughs> Look, ladies, you don't have to do this at all. But yeah, ladies, just take the pressure off. I'm just talking to dudes for a second. <laughs> uh, you're like, oh, thank you. Self-care, hot. And I'm not saying don't ever take a hot shower. I'm just saying do what strong people do. So get up earlier. Take care of your health. Be a soldier. Show up when you don't want to show up. When someone offends you in church, forgive them. That's what strong people do. That's what Christians do. Right? Someone will disappoint you. Someone will hurt your feelings. Someone will, someone will just not treat you right. You're like, oh, I thought this was a perfect church. No, there's people in this church. And if there's people, there's problems. Well, guess what? There's a lot of people now in this church. We had a lot less problems back in the day. Our biggest problem was get some people here. Now we've got bigger problems. Now people don't know where to park. And... How do you become a soldier? Be strong. Be courageous. Be obedient. Let me encourage you on this. Epaphroditus is not known as this hero in the faith, but here's what's interesting. He's a brother, he's a worker, and he's a soldier. This actually gives me encouragement in our church. If you'll keep growing as a brother or sister, and if you'll keep working, and if you'll keep um, growing stronger as a soldier, guess what? You'll actually be the kind of person that someone needs one day. What was Epaphroditus to Paul? He was what he needed. He just needed someone to bring the generous gift the Philippian church gave. Most of the heroes in my faith didn't even know they were heroes to me at the time. They were just brothers. They were workers. And guess what? They were soldiers. And every single one of us in here, if you're an actual follower of Jesus, you can become a brother or a sister. You can become a worker and you can actually become a soldier. And if you do that, you actually over the years can become a mentor. You can become a discipler of people. Come on all across this place. Would you close your eyes? Father, I thank you for every man here. I thank you for every woman here. Oh, in the name of Jesus, draw your people. Draw their hearts, their minds, their spirit. God, strengthen places that are not strong. Give courage where there is fear. Give love, oh God, where there's indifference or apathy or, or lust. God, pour out your spirit. God, I've communicated your word. Now, Lord, produce fruit in this place, I pray. Lord, in Jesus' name.
Lord, do miracles across this place. Stir people to serve. Stir people in their workplace. Stir people to create great families and great marriages. and Just great husbands and fathers and great mothers, Father. Lord, stir your people. God, I pray in Jesus' name, with eyes closed all across this place. Why don't we pray this simple prayer? Say, Jesus, help me grow as a brother or sister. Help me grow in godly work. Help me become a soldier so I can pour into others in years to come. All across this place while eyes are closed. I want to give an invitation in a second. Jesus says, a couple of things I want to point out. Jesus says, come. The first invitation is always come. The first invitation for you is come. Come if you're thirsty. Come if you're weary. The second invitation is don't just come, but believe. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You'll be forgiven. The next invitation is follow. Come, come close. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and then follow. Maybe you're in this place today and you've not yet come to Him. You have not yet believed upon Him. I want to give an invitation for you if you've never said yes to Christ in this place. Or secondly, you know you fell away and ran away and the world has left you empty and dry and you need to come and get thirsty again. Come and get filled again. You need to believe upon Jesus again. You need to come back to Him If that's you today, I'm going to pray with you in a moment. And as a church family, we're going to pray a very simple prayer. And that prayer can turn your entire life around. So all across this place, with eyes closed, we're going to pray a simple prayer to ask Jesus to come in our life, to believe upon Him. So can we pray this together? Say, Jesus, thank you. You invited me to come. So I come with burdens and I come with emptiness and I ask you to take them and I ask you to fill me. You asked me to believe upon you. So by faith, I believe upon you. Your life, your teachings, your death, your resurrection, forgive my sin, come into my life, be my Savior, be my Lord, be my very best friend. His last last invitation is follow. As we believe upon Him, we follow Him. So Father, I just pray that every person within the sound of my voice, we would just take that step closer to follow You in whatever You are prompting us to do. In your mighty name I pray, with eyes closed all across this place. If you meant business with God today, if you're saying, Anthony, I received Christ for the first time, I pray that with you or I'm coming back to God today for the, um, I've been away today, I'm responding to Christ all across this place. Would you raise your hand and raise it up high, just long enough so I can see it? Thank you, honey. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That lady in the back there. Thank you, sir. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. 
hands going up praise God one more time just let me see if you're receiving Christ today or you feel like you needed to come back to him today raise your hand raise it up real high thank you thank you yeah hands going up praise God praise God praise God you can put your hand down Father bless every heart every home bless every marriage every young person God every every person dealing with anything strengthen and bless them I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Come on, Church Alive. Can we give those people a hand who said yes to Christ?